brands now need to be very careful, which means that the days of staying out of the debate are over. They have to take an ethical point of view. And the reason they have to do that is because of the dangers and the risks associated of not doing that, because there is so much media now that is not uh, the right place to be. Oh my God, where has the time gone? It's the end of November, nearly the end of 2022, and we're on episode seven of the Media Leader podcast. Where has the time gone? Um, that voice you heard was Nick Manning, who is agency founder, media consultant, and author. Nick is one of our regular columnists on the Media Leader, and we spoke about a recent column he wrote, which was entitled, The Truth Pace is Out of the Tube, How Advertisers Should Deal with the Crisis of Truth in Media. So welcome to our little show. I'm the editor, Omar Oaks, and so pleased you're tearing yourself away from the World Cup to be with us today. Uh, No, seriously, I don't know about you, but even though England have got off to a great start, I'm just not really excited about the World Cup. Um, I watched the first half of the England game and literally haven't seen any others. Um, And I was thinking about this, and I think trust is at the heart of why maybe a lot of us aren't excited about this World Cup. And Let's be honest, there's been so much trust broken with the public over the way this Qatar World Cup has come about. Be that the corruption involved in giving them t- the tournament in the first place, the allegations of how many thousands of people have died in building these several massive stadiums. And remember, Doha is essentially a small to average size city. What are they going to do with all these huge Um, soccer stadiums once the circuses come out of town Uh, and what about the fact that they decided at the last minute to make this a winter world cup and just completely throw off the tv ad market and remember tv ad inflation was already expensive oh i know let's decide to throw in a world cup into the mix just as advertisers are spending big on christmas um it's absolutely unheard of and all of this for what by the way um so qatar can project itself as a big country that's integrated with the West, Um, maybe to avoid being invaded by Saudi Arabia one day. And remember, this is exactly what happened to another tiny fossil fuel rich Gulf state in the 1990s when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Um, Or maybe those are good things and we can have discussions about that. The point I'm trying to make is that consumers and media consumers remember that football, the World Cup, this is primarily a media product first and foremost. The media consumers of this product are not being given the respective transparency. This is important because um, we at The Media Leader, we announced recently after we finished up our Future of Media conference in October, um, we announced that trust in media was going to be one of our issues that we're going to champion in 2023. Alongside sustainability, also really important, and solving the talent crisis, which also exists in media and advertising. So this means that we're committed to making sure that the analysis pieces we're doing, the op-eds we commission, our journalism generally, we're going to regularly highlight these areas where trust in media should be under the spotlight and how we can build a more trustworthy ecosystem. Now, I'm under no illusion this is not going to be an easy conversation and there's a lot of blame to go around when you start looking under sort all sorts of rocks. But as this interview coming up with Nick will show you, hopefully, there are no hiding places in this area anymore. Um, 
In other news, um, check out our webinar coming up with our friends at The Guardian Advertising, which is happening on Wednesday, the 30th of November. It's called Confront the Climate Emergency, and it's all about how media companies and advertisers can practically go about getting on that net zero train, how to avoid greenwashing and other messaging pitfalls. And I'll be speaking to the formidable Fiona Harvey, who is The Guardian's environment editor, will be speaking about the key takeaways takeaways from COP27. Um, So lots going on, but here is the interview with Nick Manning. And I began by asking, Nick, why are you going so far as to say there is a crisis in media right now? Well, I think trust trust and truth go hand in hand. Um, And uh, I, I think the media industry relies heavily, sorry, the advertising industry, I should say, relies heavily on um, the media ecosystem. And the media ecosystem has always um, had a number of principles at its core, uh, one of which is about uh, the truth uh, when it comes to matters of news and current affairs and so on and so forth, or any other matter for uh, any other area. And I think for many, many, many years, we were able to say that um, whatever we might think about certain media channels, um, they were at least Uh, truthful in what they were trying to do. They were trying to be objective and balanced. uh, And they believed in the principles of high quality content. Um, And that was the case for a very long time. But in much more recent times, we've seen a a real polarization uh, within the media world where, um, and this is partly fueled by social media, uh, largely fueled by social media, it could be argued, Um, media channels have started to become more polarised in terms of um, how they view the world. They're taking more extreme positions. And uh, in this post-truth world, um, you now have media channels which are um, guilty, uh, is is not too strong a word, of spreading disinformation and misinformation. Um, And that has become particularly true uh, in a world where media channels are no longer uh, just TV or radio or print or whatever, um, they are now multi, multi-channel multi operators. Um, and my view really is that advertisers should take a very strong uh, stance on supporting the right kind of media. And for me, the right kind of media uh, are those which value truth and through valuing truth earn the trust of their audience. And we've had this, we've had this, um, this issue really in traditional media, if I can call it that as well, haven't we? I mean, um, some people get very upset about what is on the front page of daily newspapers, and that's been true for as far back as I can remember. And um, press regulation has always been um, a sensitive topic where we all believe in um, freedom of expression, freedom of the repress, freedom of the press, forgive me, to report what they'll report. Um, but clearly, even with the best will in the world, news organisations sometimes get it wrong, sometimes might have agendas of their proprietors. Um, how do you actually square that balance, square that circle in terms of wanting to have high quality media versus policing what journalists write, what broadcasters say? Well, I think there's two parts to that. Uh, one is there are regulators. Uh, Ofcom regulates uh, broadcast output and broadcasters are obliged under the Ofcom uh, mandates to provide balance in their coverage. And we're, but we're starting to see that breaking apart now. And one or two of the newer players in the broadcast arena 
um, are, um, I would argue, not adhering to uh, Ofcom rules. And Ofcom seem to be quite slow in trying to uh, make them adhere to Ofcom rules. Um, and you know, the, the, the suspects in that we, we know about, um, they, are, they are becoming more extreme in, in, what, they're, in what they are broadcasting. Um, and um, without going into you know, a lot of details on that, um, it's all around us. And when, when you look at that content, are people seeing that through television uh, outlets? Some are in small numbers, but many more are seeing it through the unregulated spaces of the internet. So there's that. And I think also in the past, um, there was a, an unwritten law that basically sort of said that um, um, uh, most media owners, you know, even if they had a political point of view, um, should be careful in terms of what they, how they promote that point of view and attempting to provide some kind of balance. And again, that seems to have taken uh, a, a lurch in the, you know, in, in the um, uh, direction of more sensationalist content. And the newspapers in particular have become more political in their stances. Um, and again, the usual suspects uh, we know about. So I think what's happened, uh, Omar, is that everything's become more extreme, more sensationalized, more politicized. Um, and that's got a lot to do with the influence of social media and making con uh, making content that is des deliberately designed to spike traffic, and the way to spike traffic is to make it more um, car crash in inverted commas in terms of its content. And how how likely do you think it is that advertisers will take on board what you're saying? Because I I feel um, like when you say the the internet and all the associated issues around programmatic advertising. Um, even if advertisers are 100% certain of the media channels where their ads are being bought, um, whether if we can call it brand safety, whether brand safety rules are being met. You talk about um, the, the, the new chapter in this, which is television. Um, but I feel like in general, these issues aren't new and it feels like there should have already been some of these moves happening already. What, why, why do you think we're, we're not where we should be? Well, I think that's a very, very good point. And the, the programmatic market is, is the best example of that, which is under controlled by the people who practice it. And that, by that, we mean the media agencies and their advertising technology partners. Um, and that is because um, for, those, for those people, spending the money and taking a cut of the money is more important than some of the principles we're talking about here. And if you look at the programmatic market in particular, and a good example is the ISBAR study that was done uh, with PwC a couple of years back, the average campaign uh, was appearing on uh, 40,000 websites. Um, one, one campaign in the study was on over 100,000 websites. You cannot control uh, a campaign appearing on 40,000 websites the way that you should. It's The, the machines are running everything, there's not enough control being applied. And as a result, you, you not only have brand safety issues, you actually have advertisers' money funding uh, uh, channels which are broadcasting misinformation, disinformation. Um, and you only have to look at uh, the, the work of Check My Ads and people like that to sort of see examples of this, particularly in the US, um, but elsewhere, where advertisers simply are unaware of the fact that their advertising is running on some of these sites. And that is because the machines have taken over and there's not enough control being applied. And that is true now for uh, the for television as well. 
up to a point. It's more manageable. Uh, but advertisers need to uh, take much more interest in whether advertising is appearing and challenge their media agencies, frankly, to get the media planning right against the criteria set out earlier on. Say, no, we're not going to advertise on this channel because we believe that its editorial content is uh, is dangerous and harmful to the advertising ecosystem. It's a subjective point of view up to a, uh, to a certain extent, um, but I think it's not that hard to work out which channels are adding to the uh, adding to the health of society and the media e ecosystem, and which ones aren't. And I'm advocating that advertisers should add that as a, a planning principle to all the other planning principles that they that they currently employ. Would it, would you think about the idea that as I was going to use that fancy word democratize as media becomes more democratized and we we're in a world now where we have more user generated content mm. we've got now the what I call this funny space in between where we've got actually professional user generated um, yeah. people on the internet who are effectively professional broadcasters in their own right now yeah. making a lot of money from it anyway but they're 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 not ITV they're not NBC Comcast they 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 kind of got hundreds of compliance and legal people um, working alongside of them. Um, they, they, they don't have those inbuilt principles of information gathering, production and broadcasting yeah. that we understand about the media. So in a world where we have different media environments, different way of consuming content, how do, do you think that our expectations actually need to be lowered in terms of what we accept in terms of editorial standards in order for the benefit to get a more diverse, vibrant media system? Um, well, I think certain principles still apply. I mean, if we talk about, I mean, a lot of this obviously doesn't relate to entertainment per se. It's more to do with news and current affairs, uh, because that's where the problem lies. And so, I mean, you know, naming names, if you take a, a new channel like GB News, for example, um, the people they employ to present do not have the journalistic training and standards that you've, we've seen in other places uh, here, you know, heretofore. Um, a lot of their the presenters um, are mostly uh, expressing opinions, which are not necessarily factually based, whereas we've grown up in a world where we expect our news to be moderated uh, to be balanced and to be impartial. Um, and so the internet is the internet. I think got used to the, the random nature of that. What is more dangerous, in my opinion, is when that starts to become the norm in the broadcast media, because the broadcast media, um, I think, are, are still a lot more influential and powerful than, um, than, than most other channels, actually, including the internet. So what I'm worried about is that the, stat, the, the low standards we have in the internet are reversing into um, a, a channel, TV in particular, uh, channels where we would normally expect to be to see much higher standards. And you know, we've got people um, now on in, on our television screens who are not qualified to do the job. They're simply there because they have uh, particular points of view. Um, and um, some of them, um, and again, without naming names at this stage of the game, some of them are uh, now broadcasting. Uh, misinformation, disinformation, alarmism, sensationalism that is dangerous. Um, and um, that's for the government to regulate, and they should. What I'm saying, though, is if you're an advertiser, you should take a point of view on this and say, I'm not going to put my money there. You don't have to put your money there. I mean, there are plenty of places to spend advertising money which are safe and uh, don't, you know, and, and where you don't have these issues. 
Um, and let's not get too carried away because uh, we're talking about news and current affairs here only, um, although it could be argued that uh, you know, it does seep into other areas. But um, in, in reality, no one needs to advertise on these channels. There are plenty of good alternatives, but the correct filters are not being applied yet en masse uh, to make that happen. And I think that should be the case. And you say they don't have to advertise on this channel. I mean, ultimately, we, we live in a relatively free market, don't they? If, if, people, if people, if advertisers don't want to advertise on um, the, those media owners that you described, they don't have to. Why, why isn't that good enough? Why can't I? I mean, it's, because it's, it's not <laughs> because it's not happening. Um, the fact is that, um, you know, the way that the media planning and trading world uh, is working is that the money, the money is being spent and the plans are being planned in a way that is not discrimi uh, discriminating between uh, good content, bad content and alarmist content. There's a degree of subjectivity in this. Um, but what, sh what should be happening is that um, advertisers should be saying, OK, well, you know, let's let's advertise in those places where uh, we are doing the right things and doing things right. Uh, what that means is um, supporting media channels, media vehicles um, who believe in high quality content, who believe in balance in reporting of news and current affairs, who are trying to get to the truth of the matter, who are trying to understand through facts and evidence and analysis what is going on in the world, rather than just putting opinion out there and waiting for it to go viral, which is what's happening at the moment in some instances. So advertisers should be much more careful about uh, where they place their money, and therefore the brief to the media agencies um, should be, um, these are the criteria against which I want you to plan, and it includes not spending money uh, where uh, media channels are, uh, are misbehaving or could be misbehaving. And I don't think it's terribly controversial, this, uh, but it simply isn't happening um, to the extent that it should. And, and uh, the, the challenge in some ways is to the media agencies to put their money where their mouth is, because they would all say, yes, of course, we want to do the right thing by our clients. Uh, but the advertisers are under a lot more scrutiny now in terms of the ESG agenda. And if they're going to have strong values about what they feel about their brands and how their brands behave, the thing to do is to, is to see that through to the, through the media planning process to the point of execution in media trading uh, and in programmatic in particular. So really this has to come, this, this should be really be um, led by an ESG approach, which is, you know, we believe uh, and our values are that we are going to support a strong, healthy, vibrant ecosystem where, where trust is important and truth plays a big part in generating consumer trust. And I don't see that as being very complicated at all. It just needs to be made to happen by the advertisers and by the media agency world. Mm. So um, you, you mentioned a couple of interesting terms just now, um, ESG, environmental social governance yeah. and purpose. Do you, do you think that, you know, that the traditional stance, I suppose, for most big brands, uh, mainstream advertisers has always been stay out of politics, stay out of, you know, dividing lines in society. We want to be as neutral as possible so we can appeal to as many people as in the market as possible. Do you think those days are numbered? Everything we've been just been talking about, advertisers needing to do more to kind of actually look at the content they're associating themselves with on different media owners' channels. Yeah. Do you, do you yeah. think those days are numbered where brands can't sit on the fence anymore, if I can put it like that? I think what they need to do is they need, I mean, and by the way, um, it is not a political issue in my view, it's an ethical issue. 
which is a very different thing. It's about, you know, as I keep saying, doing the right things and doing them right. Um, and that's what brands are trying to do through their ESG agenda, through their purpose statements and so on and so forth. They're trying to say, you know, we can make the world a better place. Um, and actually, um, they're trying to do that through their content in terms of how they make ads. Um, what I'm saying is they should also see that all the way through to the through the media planning and, and execution process. Um, and I think it's ethic. I think it's ethical. I think it is a, a a matter where brands and brand owners should be saying, "Do we support uh, the spread of disinformation and misinformation uh, and downright lies?" Frankly, in, in some instances, do we support that through our advertising spend, or do we not? Um, and I think they should take an ethical view to say, "No, we're not going to support that. We are going to be much more uh, considerate in where we spend our money." We are going to evaluate media channels and, and media vehicles on, on their output and their content. Um, and to a certain extent, uh, we're going to take a view on where we are and where we're not prepared to back people. And that seems perfectly logical and in line with ESG and you know, the purpose-led agenda that we, we see um, so much today. So um, I believe, yes, um, I think brands now need to be very careful, which means that the days of staying out of the debate are over. They have to take an ethical point of view. And the reason they have to do that is because of the dangers and the risks associated of not doing that, because there is so much media now that is not uh, the right place to be. Okay, um, Nick, thank you very much. Important topics. Um, and before I let you go, um, there are a lot of younger people who will be looking and listening to this and kind of wondering, well, um, this guy, he founded an agency, he's been a consultant, um, he's an author as well. Um, what advice would you have for people who are maybe starting out in media or wanting to kick on in their career in media? Um, what what, if I can put it like this, what's the best advice you've ever been given to help you in your career? <laughs> well, actually, it's it's a curious question. It's a very good question as well. And I don't really remember being given very much advice at all early in my career. That's not kind of how the world used to work back, back in those prehistoric times. Um, but it, it does absolutely apply now. Um, and what's healthy is that um, there, there is so much more emphasis now um, on human capital, on talent, on diversity, inclusivity, all those things, I think is, is all very, very good indeed. But I think what people setting up advertising need to sort of think about really, more than anything else really is, um, is, is this good advertising? Is, and, and that could be content, but in, in terms of media, it can be where the media is appearing. You know, back in, back in the heyday of my career, uh, in, you know, going back a long time now, that was our, our, what people now call the North Star, which is, is this good advertising? And what we mean by that is, is the content good? Obviously, that's uh, important. But is it going to the right places? Is it reaching the right people? Are we spending the money wisely? Is it likely to be effective? And is it doing all the right things? And what I'm saying now is, don't forget any of that. Is this good advertising is still the, the key principle? Um, what I'm now saying, though, is saying, Let's uh, let's really look at that in terms of where that the, the, the media is landing, where the, the ads are being placed. And let's take an ethical view all the way through, which says, you know, we all rely upon um, a healthy media ecosystem. Let's try and make sure that we make it a keep it a healthy media ecosystem. 
with good advertising placed with the right media owners that's doing good but also is effective and i don't think we should stray too far from those core principles that have been true all the way through my career Thanks again for listening to the Media Leader Podcast. And there's more of where that came from on our website. The-media-leader.com is our website. You can sign up to our daily newsletter in the UK and weekly roundup of media in the US. You can also find us on YouTube where we are posting video interviews and clips from our live events, our LinkedIn page where people like to comment on the things that we're posting, and Twitter where all our stuff is pretty much pumped out like a beautiful fountain of media industry content. That's it. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.